Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Death Nerve, a horror movie podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope you're all well and staying safe. Um, I've had a bit of a break from recording episodes for obvious reasons, um, but I've managed to work out how to do them over the internet. I'm not very good with computers, so it's taken me a while, but it seems to work now, which is good. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do a few more while the lockdown carries on for a lot of people. We'll um, I'll put some more episodes out and stuff. Um, in this episode, I'll talk to comedian Richard Brown about Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson's 1986 slasher movie Scream. Richard's an amazing comedian. He's involved with uh, Chunks, which is like a group of alternative comedians and artists based in uh, Glasgow. They put on some amazing events and really interesting shows and things. So if you get a chance to check out what they're doing. Also, if you get a chance to check out Richard's stuff, please do. He's a brilliant comedian, really nice guy. And we have a really good chat about the film Scream. So yeah, thank you again for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Cheers. normally start just asking about if you're into horror so are you a horror film fan are you into horror films and stuff not into in the way that like horror fans have like yeah, all yeah. the video nasties i just i like good film yes yeah, yeah yeah so and but i fucking hate jump scares i think they're lazy <laughs> um, there's some good jump scares though well yeah there's some good jump yeah. scares in films yeah well executed they're good yeah. Um, my friend show was called Horror Show. Yeah, one that was meant to be happening, and it was about the idea that um, laughs and jump scares are the same formula. Yeah, it's just the creation and release attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's some things like The Shining and like that would be up there, like my top films. Yeah, but I'm not a horror film fan in the way that like I work with a guy who used to get all the things on VHS like posted <laughs> out to him when he was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the, the like the real trashy stuff. The, yeah, the old, yeah. You're only into the top tier like horror. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. What or, was like the? Oh, sorry, carry on. Or like I don't know, interesting stuff. Yeah, what what would be like examples of interesting stuff? What do you mean by? Um, well, I was when we were talking about films to talk about for this, I was saying there's this Japanese film called Versus. Yes, which is yeah, yeah, just yeah. I've not watched it since I was a teenager, but it was when you got me <laughs> thinking about horror films. Um, and the premise of that is, it's like it's all set in this forest where the mob build uh, bury bodies. But yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, anything have, yeah. in that in that forest comes back to life so all the zombies are like gangsters <laughs> yeah yeah i just remember it being really fun yeah yeah no that's definitely yeah, i do i've only think seen that once i think a friend of mine lent that to me like on dvd when we were at college or something mm-hmm. and yeah i remember really liking it but yeah that's a film that's totally slipped my memory i might have to hunt that one out yeah it's on youtube but it is oh, it oh yeah that's always a bit but- well i quite like a dubbing if it's an italian horror film and the dubbing's really bad that adds to it, I think. I like a bit of bad dubbing in a in a Euro horror. Yeah, yeah. We were watching <laughs> last night. We watched um, Bloodsport. Which <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. So that's filmed in Hong Kong, and like, yeah. I've got this in my head as a fact, but it might not be. But when I first watched Jackie Chan films, someone told me the reason they're all overdubbed in their own language is because the the sound there was it was so loud, and they didn't have good enough soundproofing in the studios. <laughs> So they had yeah, to that, film yeah. it and then that makes sense. It. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the um, like uh, Italian and sort of European horror films, they never recorded sound on set, 
and how they would do it where they would because like a lot of them were like co-financed so it'd be like an Italian Spanish French co-production so mm-hmm. half the actors would be speaking French half the actors would be speaking Italian half the actors would be English that's I know that's three halves but you know yeah. <laughs> but like uh, so they would just record it in their like native language and then they would get all the French actors in to dub their voices so you watch these films and the some of the voice some of the voice acting matches up to the dubbing some of it doesn't it just adds, makes this really weird like just wrong vibe about half yeah. these films. Yeah, that's, that's cool though, because like sounds a good thing to play with as well. Yeah, like well, that's why a lot of the the sort of like I don't know if you know like Lucio Fulci sort of films or like zombie flesh eaters and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, like that sort of stuff. That has got like the sound of it is so important. It has this really like really good sound design and really good music. It's sort of part of it, and it, add, it just gives it like a weird otherworldly feel. I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it just seems a bit wrong and off. Yeah, have you ever seen uh, Jam? Chris Morris, yes, show, yeah, yeah, which is like really unsettling, and yeah. part of that is that they used the original recordings from the radio show, and then yeah. played them at the wrong speed, and the actors like moused along, so then they were able to play with the speed of the video and stuff. Yeah, that's very close to horror, I'd say. Some of yeah. the uh, some of the jam stuff and blue jam, yeah, yeah, it's, it's re- pretty, uh, pretty yeah, it's grim. Just unsettling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you you wanted to talk about Scream? Is the Scream, you've yeah. Picked. So, uh, why Scream? Why have you chosen that? Because it is brilliant. It's, yeah. I remember, I think I love it so much because I watched it as like quite a young teenager. So it was 96 it came out, so I would have been 10 or 11. So I didn't yeah. see it when it came out. I would have seen it like at a house party when someone's putting on a slasher film. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching it for that. And then watching it again in my 20s and realising it's a satire and getting it. And yeah. It's it's so well done. It's so funny. Like, yeah, you know it definitely is. I've probably similar situation with me. I think we're probably around the same age. So I remember si- I was big into horror films anyway when it came out. Um, my brother would just like show me all these films I definitely shouldn't be seeing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and um, like I remember Scream being such a big thing and just wanting to see it. And I remember watching watching it. And again, like yourself, like I didn't probably didn't get the sort of like the satire of it, but just thinking it was a very good horror film. And it wasn't until after I'd seen all the sort of, as a bit older, seeing the slasher films they're referencing. And I definitely, I must have seen Halloween already and things like that. But like, you know, the more like weirder ones, they talk about prom night in it and stuff, don't they? And uh, and so it's like seeing it and then sort of knowing that, like the rules as they talk about in the film, knowing that more, you sort of get what they're doing in Scream. I think, yeah, he's a good film, yeah. It's great. And the rules is like a big part of it because obviously they're talking about the rules of horror, but it's also just the rules of filmmaking in that it, like, I'll, I'll let a film away with anything so long as it follows its own rules that it's created. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you can have like a magical fucking mystery elf <laughs> yeah, yeah. so long as you're consistent in your storytelling. Yeah. And Scream is absolutely consistent with the rules are such a big part of it. Like, there's a bit at the start where her dad tries to come into the room um, but Sydney's left like a cupboard door open so it causes it to jam Yeah. and then later that that's how she beats like fends off the killer in her own house and then at the end in the big house chase she runs up the stairs runs into a room and like g- reaches for a cupboard door to yeah. try and pull <laughs> it shut and then realises like it's not going to work in that yeah. room it's yeah, so well put together. Yeah, it's it's dense, isn't it? There's lots of stuff like layered in it and seeded it from the beginning. Um, well, especially like for a slasher movie, a famously sort of just like 
you know, a load of teens getting killed and that's basically mm-hmm. all they ask. Like, Scream is that, but with so many more levels and depth to it. Yeah, it's a great yeah. film, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I like the more shallow layer as well. It Because it was, like, the time that it's set, it does immediately take me back to, like, house parties <laughs> and just, like, just that, like, smell of, like, Lynx Africa and sexual <laughs> tension from when you were a teenager. Yeah, no, it definitely has that nostalgia to it. It's very 90s. For a film that sort of holds up as well as it does, it looks so 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah. <laughs> I always think, um, what's that, Courtney Cox character in it. That's the way she's dressed is just pure, like, 90s. Every outfit yeah, she's yeah. wearing. Yeah. Definitely. I, um, I've got, like, a load of notes. I was taking notes oh, when yeah, nice. I um, was writing it and my very last note just says I like Monica's jacket at the end <laughs> I think she has a nice jacket on yeah, she, yeah, she, she, yeah. <laughs> um, you were saying so you've, you watched it again recently like you're saying you were taking notes how, like, how, is, that, is it a regular watch Scream do you watch it regularly or was it the first time you'd seen it in a while when you watched it for this I think I watched it about a year and a half ago mm. So this is probably like my fourth viewing, I think. Oh right, nice, yeah. So watched it as a teenager, as just a, as at face value horror film. Watched it in my twenties, loved it, and then about a year and a half ago, I think it was on Netflix or Prime. It was mm. on one of the streaming things, and I saw it, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, um, and still loved it. Yeah, no, it is like I said, it definitely holds up really well. I think, like the, um, I think if they made it now. It would be done a bit more like in your face, the sort of satire of it. I think they would have probably set it in the eighties, wouldn't they, and make it look like an eighties slasher movie? Possibly with yeah. the whole sort of Stranger Things, yeah. I think you 80s see retro a, vibe, yeah. You get a lot of that. Um, I know they did was it a, a series American Horror Story. I think they did like a slasher season of that, where it was all very much like again similar to Scream, where it was like a parody of the sort of slasher movies, but it was very. Like it would be eighties girls with big hair, and it looked like very eighties. Yeah. I, like, I quite like the subtlety of Scream, where it is very much set the time where it's set, but references you know Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, and is very much one of those films. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's good because it's the same reason Shaun of the Dead's great is that it's a piss take of a genre by people who love the genre exactly yeah yeah it wouldn't work if it was someone that didn't like horror yeah it's not sneering at it is it no which you could easily sneer at a lot of those 80 slasher movies they're not you know I love them but I realise they're not good <laughs> they're not good yeah. by art are they <laughs> exactly yeah but yeah there's definitely no like sneering it's done with a love for it isn't it yeah. mm-hmm. and that really comes across mm. it's also I think um do you know this thing that like we're the last? This is the last time where nostalgia is going to be a thing. So like you're saying, if they made it now, it would be set in the eighties. Yeah, and that's because for us, um, like that's our youth is like sort of the yeah, flashy yeah. colors, eighties Nickelodeon and stuff mm. like that. This, sort of the generation that's coming after us had the internet. Yeah. So their nostalgia is not going to be as specific. It's going to be a bit broader, and then the generation after that. Yeah, nostalgia's not really going to be a I thing. I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Because, like, can you think... I remember when I was younger and, like, 60s stuff was very popular. You'd get bands like Ocean Colour Scene and things, wouldn't you? And, like, mm-hmm. 60s fashion was really big. And then, like, that was in the 90s. So I guess, like, it comes around in waves, but then you think, what's the sort of pop culture of now is 
you know, like you said, Stranger Things and like stuff that's very eighties. And again, when I guess kids now, you, you like they like stuff that's from all over. When we were younger, I guess it was the music you're into was probably the stuff at the time. The films you're mm-hmm. into, the stuff was released at the time. Now you get kids that love like, Nirvana and yeah. the stuff that I used to like when I was their age. Yeah, There's yeah. no real, well, it probably is, but I just don't know it. Like any new, like current thing that's popular, I guess. Or like mm-hmm. to that extent. New metal's making a comeback. Oh god, <laughs> that's weird. Um, but not like young kids do are taking it in like a creative way. There's like this band called City Morgue. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Who are like these two young rappers in the states who like they're mad into like Slipknot and wow, stuff, yeah. and do like horrorcore lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to get my big yeah. uh, criminal damage jeans. I have to get a pair of those yeah. jeans that cover me and a, a couple of chains on me. Yeah, <laughs> back yeah. to the good old days. <laughs> Yeah, you, you oh, know you're getting old when the stuff you were into as a teenager is now nostalgic and old, isn't it? That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. That's bad. That is exactly how I would have been dressed when I first watched <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, very much so, yeah. yeah. Corn hoodie on. <laughs> yep, I had a life as peachy hoodie. Oh, yeah, I, I lived in my life as peachy hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we were talking about the the sequels as well. Obviously, it became like a huge phenomenon. Scream when it came out. Like, why why do you reckon it, it sort of like hit the zeitgeist so well? Why do you think it was such a hit? I think just because it's good. Yeah, it was probably so as simple as all, that. Yeah. yeah, I remember when it came out. So it was like ninety six. I heard about it because I was playing football. The, the sort of we council estate I lived on had like a big green in the middle mm. that we played football on. My friend's sister was walking past and he asked her how she was and she was like, oh, I've just seen Scream. I don't think I'm going to sleep. It's terrifying. (laughs) And so, like, that intrigued me as to, like, ooh, what's this terrifying (laughs) film? Um, So, yeah, people that... Because it's got depth, you can watch it at face value just for a horror film and it'd be scary. And it has that going for it. And if you want more from it, there's more there if you keep looking. This was my fourth viewing of it. And there was a bit in, um, do you know when they're in the video shop, the bit where he starts explaining the rules? Yes, yeah, yeah. Sort of very famous scene. There's a bit that I'd never noticed before where he goes, um, there's always some bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend quite loudly. And in the background, slightly out of focus, this girl like looks at him. (laughs) And then looks more concerned <laughs> yeah. as he's talking, and it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never clocked it before. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah. It, again, like you said, there's so much stuff in it, and I've seen it. Oh, I can't, I don't even know how many times I've seen it. It was a regular like VHS watch when I was a teenager. But again, even mm. watching it uh, yesterday, there was just stuff I hadn't noticed before. Things like that, you know, the sort of little seeded in like plot points, like you were saying about the cupboard door. Just little things. And again, the more I've like got used to seeing slasher movies, the more you're like, oh yeah, you sort of spot the references, and you, yeah. yeah. Um, I think like Wes Craven being the director of it is a big thing. Are you doing to Wes Craven? Do you know like you watch many of his other I, films? Or? No. So I last night I was like, oh shit, I should check if I've seen mm. his other films, and I went to his filmography. None of them. Really? Never seen. None never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Nope. Wow. Um, very aware of it. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, something I'm doing this with this whole lockdown thing is I'm sort of going through the classic section on Netflix. All right, what have you? There's so many, like, big films yeah. that I've not seen. So, like, I watched Breakfast Club the other night. Oh, right, yeah. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of good horror on Netflix. There's not. I would say Amazon Prime is very good for horror if you want to see some, like, trashy horror. Like, there, yeah. It's got lots of, like, really sort of low-budget, like, trash on there but that's what i like to watch so i've watched a lot of um, like chopping mall is one of my favorite sort of slasher movies about killer robots chopping mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about killer robots going around a shopping mall uh, killing teenagers brilliant it's a, it's a good film oh good is a strong word but, yeah. but that's one yeah, of my enjoyable. favorites but that's like i've watched that film way too many times on amazon prime that's like than anyone should that is just a regular yeah. like it's a comfort film shopping mall. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my. Do you know the recommendations Netflix throws at you? Yes, yeah. Mine are changing dramatically because we keep <laughs> doing like Netflix viewing. Oh yeah, of course. Where yeah, we're yeah. watching like bad films. Yes. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. That you don't need to focus on. Um, so yeah, now it's just all these like knockabout action films are being recommended to me, <laughs> and I'm quite enjoying. If them. you like a knockabout action film, there's one of my favourites is on Netflix. Um, Death Wish Three. Okay. De- seriously, watch Death Wish Free. It is it's a masterpiece of just like trash action. It's just it's perfect. Shopping mall and Death Wish Three. <laughs> You're always getting the cool. high the high tier high quality recommendations from me now. <laughs> no, Death Wish Free is absolutely hilarious. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So I mentioned uh, we were chatting about this on Messenger, mm. and then we said let's save it for the podcast, yeah. which is I watched Last Action Hero. Yes. As like a just a knockabout fun yeah. film, and that's like same vein as Scream. It's all like the Scream uh, of action movies, isn't it? Really, yeah. Yeah, it's um, a piss take of action film, or like a sort of satire yeah. of action films. Um, it doesn't quite work, I don't think. Like it, it's the first hour's a bit shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by the end, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, no, I really, I really like Last Action Hero. It's again, it's a film I remember being massive when it came out when I was a kid. I remember it being everywhere. And again, I used to love watching all those Arnie films and stuff. So I remember, again, similar to what you were saying about Scream. Like I remember watching it as sort of just a straight action film, and just sort of mm-hmm. as an Arnie film, and then watching it again as an adult, sort of getting it, going, oh right, okay, yeah, this is actually like it's actually quite clever. I think it was one of those yeah. ones because it was such like, a huge budget film. It was interfered with quite a lot, and I think if it was left left alone, I think it would probably be a lot more like Scream, where it yeah. really hit that sort of like the, the zeitgeist of it being like just a spot on sort of love letter and piss take of action movies. Yeah, yeah. Last Action Year was disappointing because it could have been incredible. Yes. Yeah, and it just misses the yeah. mark at all the key. I think points. it was quite a, quite quite a big flop at the time, if I remember rightly as well. I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is, I've, I guess, I did. A lot of the people that want these like explosion and gun films, they maybe don't want to think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. I was saying to the guys I was watching it with, if if it was remade now, it would be amazing. Instead of getting that annoying little kid, if you pulled like like a film reviewer or YouTuber, <laughs> yeah, like one of those through, sort of like cinema like, sins sort of people on YouTube, like yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a good concept like, for a film. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great, just Last Action Hero with, like, Patrick H. Willems. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, yeah, that, yeah that'd be genius. That, that would work too well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think, again, with Last Action Hero, it was directed by, um, what was his name? Um, 
who, who did Die Hard and Predator. And um, so it was obviously, again, similar to Scream, where it's directed by, like, Wes Craven, who's like a horror like master. You know, he directed loads of horror movies beforehand. Last Action Hero directed by a action movie director. I think, again, that's why you had those good actions set pieces in it that are done really well. And in mm-hmm. Scream, the scare, like the scare scenes in it, the kill scenes in it, the horror in it is brilliant. It's some yeah. of the best like scare scares in any slasher film. I think actually, there's the particular one with the um, where um, Monica from Friends and uh, her cameraman they've set up like a camera in the van, and the there's the thirty second, second delay. delay. That's genius. Brilliant. And then it leads to, again that sort of like fourth wall thing of. The teenager watching Halloween and saying, "Oh, she's behind you," while the killer's behind you, behind him. Mm-hmm. Then cutting to them saying the same thing about him while they're watching him on telly. It sort of folds in itself. <laughs> yeah, but it all it it all makes sense yeah. as well because it's been put together so mm. well. Everything's been established. The thirty second delay, yeah. every like laughable thing in it makes perfect yeah. sense within the story. It's always what one of my pet hates with like sort of horror comedy stuff is when the characters are making like sort of quirky jokes in a situation where they wouldn't be making a quirky joke you know when there's a killer mm-hmm. at them where I don't the, the comedy in Scream comes from that like like I said it comes from an, a, an actual place where something would actually happen you know it's not yeah. like, like just someone making a shit joke at an inappropriate time <laughs> yeah yeah although um, one of the, I laughed so hard when uh Sydney and I can't remember the boyfriend's name now. Um, oh God, I watched it last night. Sydney, and I can't remember. You know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Sydney said right before they sleep together, she says, "I'm the one who's been selfish with all this post-traumatic stress." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, yeah, the boyfriend and it is horrible. I know he like spoiler alert, but he turns out to be the killer, doesn't he? Here, but like yeah. he is horrible in it from the off as well. Like the first scene where he sneaks into his bedroom and he's basically like pressuring her to have sex with him. <laughs> and then like yeah, everything yeah. he's like, and he's there's a scene that's like, oh, it's the anniversary of my mum's death. It's like yeah, that was a year ago. You get oh, get <laughs> yeah. it was the anniversary a year. Yeah, get over it. With him. And he's like, can her mum was like brutally murdered. <laughs> Oh, it's horrific. Yeah. It's great. Like, the way they play that for laughs is so well yeah. done. God, that's it. And again, I think in the hands of anyone else, that could be pretty distasteful. But I think, where's yeah. Craven? You know, he's, a, he's an amazing director. I definitely recommend you go back and watch some of his stuff. Like, there's a lot, a yeah, lot of it is crap. Will. Again, he's definitely a hit or miss director, but he's sort of like redefined horror films three times in his career, which is pretty like impressive, I think. Because Last House on the Left of his first film. So I don't know if you know, like, mm-hmm. again, it's not an easy watch. I probably wouldn't recommend watching it, but it's like, it definitely changed horror because it's all up the violence and up the sort of realism. It's quite a grim, mm-hmm. it's not a particularly nice film to watch, but if you fancy something a bit like nasty, give it a go. And obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, which you should watch. Nightmare on Elm Street, it's great. It's quite hard to watch it in context now because Freddy Krueger went on to be this sort of like joke really you know Freddy Krueger's just sort of like in the later films is again making stupid jokes and is like a superhero basically <laughs> but that first film yeah. is genuinely scary and um, and then Scream where it like the amount of films that came out after Scream that were just a copy of Scream it's yeah we have you steer mm. you into any of the sort of like Scream sort of rip off type films that came out afterwards the sort of like late 90s sort of slasher movies not into but I do enjoy watching <laughs> yeah, them yeah yeah so, 
in the same way as Scream gives me that nostalgia for being a teenager, like I'm tra- films like Urban Legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in like a college. Yes, he's like a, a remember rain watching man that. Film, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember watching that as a teenager, and you know, yeah, I watch it now. It's not good, no, but it's enjoyable yeah. and. Fil- films of that type with like 90s music yeah uh, there's always like a goth character <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah those kind of yeah things like that yeah I, 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 I really like um, uh, Final Destination have you ever seen any of those yeah. I've not we're talking about we're going to do that as one of our watch parties I think things. I think they're all on Amazon Prime I think all of them I oh cool five or six of them so I think they're all on there yeah but they're really good like Again, the concept of it is that it's like a slasher movie, but the killer is just death itself. There's no yeah. like, you know, there's no like Michael Myers or like Ghostface sort of character in it. It's there's like a premonition. Someone has a premonition of like a plane crashing, but they so they get off the plane, they don't go, but they've got to die. Fate has said they've got to die. So like, I also say it's a bit like do you remember like old episodes of Casualty where like you'd see someone putting up a shelf and you think, oh, that's going to be how they're going to go to Casualty. <laughs> it's yeah. like that because there'll be someone in the bath and then you'll see like they're like. Radios sort of near the edge, and you think, oh, they're going to die like that. And then there's a little, these little, it's like these really good tense scenes of just like horrible things about to happen to someone, and it's always the most out there, ridiculous thing how it gets them. They're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really like the um, Final I, Destination films. Yeah. I love a creative death. Yeah. Like, it's brilliant. Oh, there's some good in, in the old slasher movies. There's some great ones. There's a shopping mall. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to shopping mall. It's yeah. got what like because it's robots. They've got like lasers. The idea is that they've created these uh, robot security guards to protect the mall. And a load of teens who work in one of the like work in the mall sort of have a lock in basically and stay and like stay the night. And these and it, there's a the mall is struck by lightning and <laughs> and malfunctions the robots and they just go on a killing spree. But there's some good like head explosions and yeah yeah that sounds great (laughs) when i was in uh like first or second year in high school so like like 12 or 13 because i know like scotland and england have different systems but um i wrote a short story that was like everyone got like self-driving cars (laughs) yeah and then like one day someone flicked a switch and they started causing carnage um i'm a big fan that film of like yeah big fan of like good robots doing bad things always have been good robots doing bad things is the name of the film as well Um, did you see um, I saw this like a week or two ago I think it's an old Patrick H. Willen video but Mm. Predator is a slasher film yeah basically yeah yeah or like it's a crossover because it starts as like a Rambo style yeah action film and then it just becomes a slasher film you've got yeah. the killer uh, one by one you've got Arnie as the last girl <laughs> yeah 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 it's definitely got elements always Alien as well Alien is basically a slasher movie as well isn't it slasher yeah, movie in I've, space yeah I've not seen Alien since I was a teenager that's wow. one that I didn't enjoy because I couldn't tell what was going on because it was so dark <laughs> everyone's yeah, like yeah. oh Alien's brilliant because it's so tense because it's so dark whereas I was just like too fucking dark. The Blu-rays of it that are out like now are amazing. Like, yeah. I would say, don't watch the director's cut of Alien. Watch the theatrical cut of Alien on the nice like Blu-ray. It's just yeah, like I love Alien. It's one of my favourite films ever made. Cool. 
Yeah, I've got Aliens on DVD, so I've watched that like loads because Aliens is also amazing. Brilliant. Again, totally different film. Like a genius way of doing a sequel. I think Aliens. Mm-hmm. They could have easily made just an Alien sequel where it was the exact same film, a low budget, people on a spaceship being picked off, like how they do with the slasher movies. They would mm-hmm. make the same film over and over again. They could have easily done that of Alien, but then they got someone like James Cameron to turn it into this full blown action extravaganza. You know, yeah, full of, yeah. Like, Oh, it's genius. I love Alien and Aliens. Yeah. yeah. It's quite good going back to films like... Um, I watched The Thing. Um, it's my favourite film watched, ever made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it's great. I've watched it a fair few times in the last couple of years because when uh, The Beast from the East, when we had that snowstorm, yes, yeah. we were locked in. So we went round to our neighbours and we all watched The Thing because that seemed perfect. <laughs> perfect, yeah. And then my work showed it in the, in the planetarium. So like they wow, broadcast yeah, yeah. it, and um, and watching it with an audience was so much fun. Yeah, like the bit where the head grows spider legs, <laughs> and there's just that shot where it like sneaks out the back. Yeah, yeah just yeah, a yeah. room full of people pissing themselves laughing yeah, yeah. at this scene that was once like horrifying. Yeah, no, it's one of my. It's, well, I say one of my. It is my favorite film of all time. The thing. It's a. Uh, there's yeah, actually a, a joke on this podcast that I always bring up John Carpenter and the thing, and I didn't. You did, so that's. Uh, I did. Yeah. I get, I get, you do have a poster behind. <laughs> I do. You yeah, you can this. see my big the thing poster. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love yeah. the thing. Um, it's an incredible so, film. Yeah, you were saying about watching it when it was snowing. Me, once me and my girlfriend watched it when it was like during a heat wave, and we thought we'll watch the thing because it will cool us down. Watch all <laughs> the snow. It didn't work, but it was an excuse to watch the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fr- you don't need an excuse to watch the thing. No, I, yeah, it's it is it's pretty much perfect. I think, isn't it the thing? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I've I can't think of flaws in it, but I don't watch film. I'm not one of these people that watches films to find flaws. Yeah, I that's just, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. one of my pet hates, especially the sort of films I like because you know I wouldn't watch anything because half the films are like half just flaws. You know, like yeah. If I was going to pick all the flaws in Chopping Mall. I'd be there all day, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, let's talk about flaws, because Scream 2. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> good segue. So you yeah. watched that again recently, you said? You watched I Scream did, 2? yeah, I watched it the night after I watched Scream. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's what you were saying before, slasher movies just do the same thing over and over. Mm. and it, But, like, Scream's kind of played its hand. Yeah. So, like, the Drew Barrymore being the big name and getting killed right at the start. Yeah, like I understand that was a big deal at the time, because no, everyone thought she was going to be like the star. Yeah, she's like on the poster and stuff, isn't she? You know. Yeah, and that's like, that's like, um, you know, like that's a twist in the way Arnie being good in Terminator Two was a twist at the time. Yeah, like everyone knows now, but at the time it was like really shocking. Yeah, yeah. And then, so the second film, you've got Sarah Michelle Gellar. Who's like she? I think she's like the biggest name yeah. of the non-recurring cast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and she's one of the first deaths, and it's like, well, yeah, but we kind of expect. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's been a while since I've seen Scream Two, but I remember it being my least favorite of the three. I always think, yeah, it's. Uh, but I can't remember why. <laughs> that's the yeah. one where the is that the. Um, They've made the film based on the event of a like, stab. It's called. Is that right? Is that yeah, right? yeah? That's the one. Stab. <laughs> and, hey. and there's the scene where they go and like the beginning scene is them in the cinema, right, where everyone's yes, yes, yeah, I, yeah. I do remember it. That is yeah. The as much as I, I wasn't keen on Scream Two, the film within the film was 
funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the clips of stab, I was laughing so much. I really like. Good. I like a film within a film. I like that sort of like thing. I, like, I think that's uh, always a good like area for comedy. I think a sort of yeah. fake film in a film. Have you seen the cut of um, what's the guy? Is it MacGyver? From The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, yeah, where you can actually ma- a narrative yeah. story from all these clips. Yeah. Genius. Brilliant. One of the many reasons why The Simpsons is the greatest thing to ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah. On my notes, when I was like scribbling stuff down about it, like about a quarter of the notes are just about the opening with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> it is an amazing scene. It is great. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like, um, yeah. It's like, I've written it's believable like Dark Knight Rises, which is like, because you know how that, like, you've got the three-act story structure, and it's like act three, the ticking clock, and so when it's too obvious, it can be quite (laughs) a a bit tedious, whereas like, Dark Knight Rises is like, is the countdown with the people on the boat, and it's like, oh, that's exactly what the Joker would do, because he's playing games. Yeah. And it's like, it's sort of bystander effect like you don't know how to hand you know the bystander effect where you don't know you freeze because you don't know how to handle the situation yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're watching it and you're kind of like I'll oh, just hang up the phone or something but actually <laughs> you wouldn't really know what to do at this point um, well, that's, but like again in the, like, she sort of references all of that doesn't she like you know she's saying oh like they're talking about scary movies and mm-hmm. she's saying like Oh, you know, it's just like bimbos being chased around a house and doing the wrong thing, and then she does exactly like what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's really—I realised this only on this view, and it's really unsettling because of all the glass windows. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. like a big house with big glass windows, so it's not like you can just like Evil Dead style bolt the doors shut <laughs> yeah. in like a little cabin. It's you feel like she has to go up the stairs or something. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, and also she like punches the killer in the face at one point, <laughs> yeah. which almost humanizes him. So you you think she can get away? And she yeah. Might well, get that happens away. throughout the film. Like the killer in it is shit. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's terrible. I mean, he kills quite a few people, but like whenever he's going after um, Sydney, like Neve Campbell's character, she like easily fights him off, mm. and um, Rose McGowan's character easily fights him off until the last moment. Yeah. Like, he's terrible, and like you said, it makes it. It almost makes it scarier. I mean, like, in Halloween, he's just an unstoppable force. He gets shot, he gets stabbed, and nothing stops him. But, like, I think it's almost scarier that, like you said, it's a, it's actually a person. Yeah. It gives that, gives that tension, doesn't it? There's a chance they might get away. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if there's a seven-foot-tall Michael Myers looming over a teenage girl, they're probably going to die. You know, mm-hmm. there's no real tension there, is there? Yeah. I think it, it's not that it's scarier, but it makes you invest more. Because yes. you want the characters to survive, yeah, yeah. and you know that they could, mm. and so when they don't, it's like it's more of a sort of like gut punch. Yeah, and I think having that like opening scene where Drew Barrymore does get killed, and then quite early on in the film, Sydney gets attacked, who is the main character, mm-hmm. and then survives. It gives it that air of like, well, actually, anything could happen, and anyone could die, and anyone could get away. Because yeah. you're not because then if you first watch it, like you said, you know that Drew Barrymore dies at the beginning now. But that first viewing, you said she thinks she's going to be the biggest star in it. Then Neve Campbell's the biggest character. And then she's attacked, and you think, oh, maybe not. She's gonna she's gonna peg it as well. Yeah. But then she's yes, it's a pretty genius film. Really, it is. Uh, yeah, properly good. It's so well done. Um, yeah. There's a bit as well. Um, 
there where I compared it in my notes to Blade Runner. Because <laughs> Go on. there's a um, there's a bit where the music you can't tell if it's the score or if it's like playing in a room. Oh yeah, yeah. Even though it's just like some teenage indie rock. Yeah. Well, actually, I think is it. I think it might be a weird indie cover of "Don't Fear the Reaper," isn't it? That's playing in a room. Oh, is it? Yeah. Which oh, is their, yeah, that. and they're listening to that in Halloween, so it's like another little reference to like right. Halloween. Is that's like a big song in Halloween? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's just sort of playing in the background, and you can't tell if it's on her stereo or yeah. if it's in the in the score. It's just a nice yeah. little touch that I really liked. Yeah, again, that's the film. I think, as we've said, is just full of those nice little touches, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, Henry Winkler is the um, principal. That's so good. He's brilliant. He's like he's one of the best characters in it, and isn't it like in two scenes and has one of like the best deaths in it as well. I think that scare scene's great. Yeah, yeah, um, when he's like playing with the mask as well yeah, there's yeah, a point yeah. where you think it might be him yeah really well especially because there's the scene where he's like telling off the two teenagers who have like running around in the screen mask scaring people when he's got the scissors and he's like holding them up to him saying oh if there was any justice I'd cut your heart out and kill you and the way it's shot is like he's you could you said he could easily be the killer he's like holding these scissors in front of the kids faces and like dragging it slowly across their chests and yeah. stuff oh man yeah it's, yeah it's so well done yeah and having someone like Henry Winkler as like in it as that sort of character is perfect as well because a lot of the eighty slasher movies have like older actors in it like Donald Pleasance is in a uh, Halloween and it's like actors that were very famous like in the fifties to be like in these eighties movies so having someone that was like like Henry Winkler who was massively famous in the seventies but playing someone from the fifties <laughs> to mm-hmm. be like. A cameo in it is just genius, yeah. Yeah. he's. Um, there was someone did a Twitter thread recently about, like, celebrities who are, like, actually nice people. Oh, yeah. And Henry Winkler came off a lot. Apparently. Yeah, that's, he seems delightful. like a good egg. I always just think of him as um, uh, Zuckercorn from Arrested Development now there. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's like their lawyer, isn't he, in that? And he's brilliant in that, yeah. Yeah. Barry Zuckercorn, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the worst <laughs> fucking attorneys. <laughs> yeah. Arrest Development and Scream, like totally different genres, but similar in the way they're written with like the nods and the... Oh, they're like a little sort of... like. Well, I say Arrested Development, the second series of Arrested Development is maybe the best written sitcom ever, I think. It's yeah. Like, there's jokes set up in like episode one that don't pay off until like the end of the, end of the series. Yeah. It's just I, it's amazing. Yeah, when I rewatched it, there was like... There's punchlines that come before the setup. <laughs> Yeah. So you don't know it's funny until you've yeah, watched, watched it again. further on and then you go yeah. back. It's beautifully done. It's totally genius. But yeah, like you said, the scream is full of stuff like that as well, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very similar. Um, well, that's an interesting thing about Scream as well, that they made, like, for a film that is like a parody anyway, they sort of made a parody of it with the scary movie films. Have you ever seen them? Have you ever seen the sort of... I've, se- I've, se- I've definitely seen them as a teenager, but I don't really remember them. They're pretty forgetful. Yeah. I remember we used to watch like the first one like loads, and it is basically this. It's like a mix of Scream and I know what you did last summer. It's those plots mm-hmm. like combined and then just turned into like a silly comedy movie. But like, it, like Scream is arguably like a comedy movie anyway, really. Yeah. So it's like I know like in Scream, um, David Arquette's character Dewey. Mm-hmm. There's the joke that he like. He thinks he's like the big I am and his sister Rose McGowan's character is always putting him down. Mm-hmm. But then in Scary Movie, they just sort of do that again 
as the joke in Scary Movie, but with no, no subtlety whatsoever. It's like so yeah. it's sort of like they're making jokes about Scream that are already jokes. Yeah, yeah. It would be like if someone made a parody film of Airplane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they try to make fun of like the terrible dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's the point. I watched one of those um, cinema sin things. Which oh, yeah. I, I don't know why, because I fucking hate them. They are terrible, but yeah. It was for Gremlins, and it sort of said something about her monologue and about her dead dad. Like, why would she do this? And I was just like, because it's a fucking comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like one of the best scenes in the film as well. Oh, that's it's like, hilarious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Imagine having the, the balls to have that scene in the film where they talk about... Like basically, her father dressing up as Father Christmas and dying in the chimney. Like, <laughs> having that in like what's sort of like a film that kids are gonna watch. Like, yeah, oh yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, Gremlins is one. That's what I watch that every Christmas. Gremlins, I love yeah, that film. Me too. <laughs> yeah, is that a horror film? I would definitely, comedy? I would definitely say Gremlins is a horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen Gremlins two? Yeah, I watched the <sighs> Gremlins two again. A bit ago. like. A bit like I was saying about uh, Death Wish 3, it's a masterpiece, Gremlins. Gremlins 2. Mm. Gremlins 2 is genius. Yeah, the way it's like referencing the merchandising and stuff yeah. is brilliant. It's got yeah. the best fourth wall break of any <laughs> film, I think, when Hulk Hogan turns up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. It's um, like Joe Dante just didn't want to make it, apparently. And mm-hmm. they, said, they just said to him, well, we're going to make it no matter what. So he said, well, I'll make it. And he just literally said, oh, well, I'm just going to make the most ridiculous film I can think of. <laughs> and that's why it's genius, because he just threw everything into the kitchen sink into it. Yeah. I, I love Gremlins too, yeah. And it led to that incredible <laughs> Key and Peele sketch. <laughs> yeah. With the Gremlins 2 pitch meeting. Yeah, is that is... masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, that is genius, yeah. <laughs> Especially as I love that film, and everything he sort of says in that film, I'm like... That's all the good stuff about Gremlins 2. This is all yeah, the good yeah. reasons I love Gremlins 2. <laughs> the new batch. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah. I had it on, um, I had it taped off the TV, and every week after Cubs, we would um, I'd get a lift home, and my friend's mum would have a cup of tea with my mum, and we would watch one section, <laughs> like between ad breaks. Yeah. yeah. From that we taped while Brilliant. while his mum had a cup of tea, so I, yeah. I watched it over like eight weeks when yes. I was a kid. <laughs> sort of like a Netflix box set now, isn't it? Like, it's sort of yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I um I really miss just, like recording films off the telly onto a video. Like most of my film collection were just like films recorded off telly, and you'd sort of just try to pause it when the adverts would come in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was saying, um, like, I, it's quite. I don't know if it's a bit cliche to get nostalgic about like videos and cassettes, but the thing that was nice about a cassette was or a video was that it had been made in real time. Mm. So if someone filmed something or recorded something on a tape for you, they had sat and watched or listened to the thing that you're now watching or listening yeah. to, which is quite nice. And then CD burning came in and people just made a playlist, burnt it. Yes. Yeah. And now it's like Spotify and stuff. It's just not the same. Definitely not. I, I love a, a VHS. I sort of wish I still had all my um, VHS, especially my old horror ones. There's something just really nice about that sort of clunk. They're, ter- they're a terrible format for a film. They looked awful. They would like 
wear out really quickly like you'd watch a film three times and it would just be like unwatchable <laughs> but like mm-hmm. <laughs> something so nice about the big a big chunky video and like pressing the <laughs> to press play yeah, I really miss VHS. I think again, probably the worst format you could imagine to watch a film with. Yeah, but, um, but then it's, yeah. Um, have you heard? There's uh, someone put a hundred copies of the Beatles White Album on vinyl, played simultaneously on SoundCloud, and it starts in sync. It's just like a little bit reverby, and gradually it all goes out and out, and everything's out of time. And then by the end, it's just noise. I think it's the same with VHS. It's like your copy of a tape would have all those little glitches and static and everyone's was different and unique and there's something quite nice about that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's also, especially with like the horror films I used to watch and like the sort of, especially like the video nasties and stuff, there was something sort of that made, it sort of hid the shit special effects a little bit, the poor quality. Yeah. Hit, so it made it look almost real, like a film like Cannibal Holocaust or something like that, where it was like, almost like you were watching something you shouldn't be watching. Like Evil Dead was a good example where like, the, the special effects in it, yeah, they're not the best because it's a very low budget film. But because you're watching a sort of slightly degenerated tape, it sort of it just looked sort of it hid the snowiness of it, hid that sort of crumminess, and just made it look almost like a bit dirty and wrong. Which was yeah, half the appeal a, of horror films, I think. Yeah, it's a good format for horror. Like um, something like The Ring worked well because you popped a VHS in. Yeah, yeah, and then the people on the screen pop a VHS in, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, it definitely or Blair doesn't. Witch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure I spoke about this on the podcast before, but my first experience of watching the Blair Witch was um, my brother managed to get a pirated copy of it before it was released. Um, of like the version of it they showed at, Ca- at Ca- the Cannes Film Festival, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard of it. I just saw on the it said the Blair Witch Project, the scariest movie ever made. I was like, "Well, I'm definitely going to watch this." put it on and like on my own in my living room and uh, scared myself senseless <laughs> like yeah. my brother coming in in the middle of the coming back from like a night out or whatever and me just sitting in the living room just like terrified <laughs> I, like yeah. I, I, yeah it just it, yeah blew my mind watching Blair Witch Project for the first time and it was the perfect way to see Blair Witch Project absolutely yeah, yeah. see I watched it when it just after it came out I rented it mm. and I didn't enjoy it because at the time when I watched horror it had been like a, like Scream or Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, yeah. or like horrific gory films horror films where like, I watched them to be shocked basically so I didn't like Blair Witch and then I watched it early 20s late teens and realised that it was like a psychological horror and found it once I'd matured a little and watched it again I found it fucking yeah. terrifying yeah no it is it is terrifying because I saw it like then and then we went to see it at the cinema as well and I was equally as terrified of seeing it at the cinema there's something about seeing it on a big screen with like a good sound mm-hmm. system all that sort of screaming and the weird noises which is really like harrowing yeah yeah but yeah great do you think because um, you're like obviously really into horror so do you think horror films are adapting now that things are changing because like for a while you know you're getting like really clear dvds but they're still trying to do like gritty grimy slasher yeah. films that's maybe not working yeah I, I don't know i think this thing with horror films at the moment is that you get either films that are very much like um inspired by the sort of 80s and 70s movies so like you'd get sort of there's a bit of a resurgence of slasher films similar to in scream so there's a films like um, You're Next and things like that. I don't know if you've ever seen that, which is like a house invasion movie, but it's very gory, very like over the top. But then the big, the big horror films are like the um, 
sort of scary house films, um, like Conjuring and all that. Um, and again, they're very cinematic, aren't they? They're sort of quite big films. But mm-hmm. I, I think I can't think of anything that's like really changing it to be like for home media and. Um, you get a lot of them on Netflix. Actually, I did see a film which was all set on like Skype. Have you ever seen this? It's called Unfriended. Unfriended. It's on yeah. my list. It's my good. Netflix it's actually surprisingly watch. good. It's like I've heard from, this. Yeah, if you like told me that concept, I'd be like, "That sounds shit. That's going to be awful." But I watched it because it was like an interesting concept, and so I guess it's a similar thing to Blair Witch, where it uses the format more than it does the sort of um, the traditional horror stuff. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, Think probably get a lot more like that, I guess, won't we? Things that are based around, so there might be something that's like a YouTube video or something, mm-hmm. or like things like that. I guess was what you'll get the like, modern horror to be. Yeah, there's a lot of really great horror shorts mm. on YouTube. Yeah, like that lights out one. Yeah, well, they have made that, that into a feature length, didn't they? Have you seen the? I've seen the short I've not seen film, the but the feature the feature length one doesn't quite hold up as well. It's such a good little short film, isn't it? That lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the um the like the feature length film is just it's good it's a solid horror film but there's something really good about that little short film yeah because you can like you could play around with it and sort of put I don't know you could put stuff on the internet for people to find yeah but then how are people going to find it if you're not yeah, yeah. It and well that was always the thing with Blair Witch was like it was obviously not real because if that was real why would they like market it and put it in cinemas you know what I mean it'd be be so distasteful and like awful (laughs) yeah yeah but I think stumbling upon something a bit weird on YouTube is that's probably quite a good concept for like something horror and I'm sure it's done I'm sure there's loads of stuff like it out there but like you said how do you find it unless you're looking for it Mm -hmm. I guess it's like you know the thing with the with fringe promotion so you've yeah. done the fringe a few yes, times. Yeah, and yeah. there's this thing the reason people spend all that money on their posters and stuff and having loads of flyers everywhere is it's the idea of you're making people aware of it. So maybe they get a flyer and they look at it and they're like, Oh, I've heard of this, this is good and they've not they've just seen, seen it, it everywhere. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to I guess Blair Witch it would be trying to plant that idea that this is real. So even though you know it's not eventually your brain kind of just goes with it. Yeah, no, that does make sense, yeah. Yeah, no, again, I bet there is some really good stuff, like, hidden on, like, YouTube and stuff like, is like that. There must be. There must be people doing yeah. stuff like that. Or, like, interesting podcasts or things, something like that, like a nice horror podcast, which isn't is initially set up something horror, but is sort of weird stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did... Uh, the Chunks did a podcast for bbc social for halloween oh right oh you did like a science right yeah yeah yeah. Um, but it's not scary at all (laughs) i can imagine no i didn't actually listen to that i'll have to uh, i'll have to hunt that out neither did i to be honest (laughs) (laughs) um but you know i was there so i know what happened yeah (laughs) did you invoke any spirits or anything did you uh... (laughs) i can't remember i i remember i had to freestyle rap oh my god yeah which was um (laughs) Because basically, Nev, who was like conducting the seance, mm. would say that he'd got someone through and then just nod at you, and oh. you had to be the person that had come through. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. So I was a rapper from Finiston in Glasgow, which is like a very gentrified oh, right. bit yeah, yeah. in the West End, but recently gentrified. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, I don't remember much except for having a fucking rat and being <laughs> terrified. Well, I'm going to have to hunt that out, I think. I'm going to have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. What I like to do on the podcast is uh, I like to read one-star reviews of the film we've been talking about. And there's, there's quite there's like IMDb reviews, and there's quite a few for Scream. Um, well, I might go for this one. No, I'm gonna, I'll go for this one first, okay? It says, the difference between this and its spoof scary movie. Okay. <laughs> to answer my own question above, there isn't one. I saw Scary Movie first and didn't really like it. So imagine watching Scary Movie before seeing Scream. That is going <laughs> to mean nothing to you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, then I saw Scream. I heard praise about Scream from the net. After watching it, I have to say Scary Movie is exactly the same apart from just little bits added. The film is boring, predictable and very dull. Nothing happens. Another slasher film like all the rest. The film is apparently scary and reinvented the horror genre. I personally wasn't scared or thrilled or anything. In fact, I was bored and literally could guess what was going to happen next. Some other people out there may like this film and don't and, and, and don't give a rat's butt if it's predictable and stuff. If you're one of those dudes who likes a good old predictable <laughs> slasher, then perhaps give it a go. Oh, that's... It's... It's scary that people can like totally misunderstand something yeah, and then of, just but, <laughs> but not just scream as well there. of scary movie as well. It's not like scary yeah. movie is a subtle film, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, again, what a way to like miss the point of a film. Yeah. Here's another one star review. Completely pointless waste of time. This is yet another movie that makes you feel and com- feel you completely wasted precious time of your life. I tried to give this film another chance by trying to watch it once again, but it's only confirmed my verdict. Just don't watch it. It's not funny. It's not scary. It's not entertaining. Go for a walk instead. Maybe that was like the clown from It talking, Pennywise. Yeah, trying to get people out. Yeah, yeah. go for a walk. <laughs> Have a look down the drain. Those drains. Yeah. <laughs> it's very... Screams like, for horror, what Breaking the Magician's Code was for magic. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't definitely, it? yeah, yeah. But it's not explicit. So that first review is like, oh, it redefined the genre. Because they didn't, I presumably didn't get what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be like, if, if you watched Breaking the Magician's Code and didn't understand that he was revealing the tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is weird, why is he doing the tricks and then showing me how it's done? This is rubbish, I don't want to know how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember Scream sort of being hated by, like, hardcore like horror people when it was, like, out because I think it did represent that sort of change in sort of a glossy sort of like Dawson's Creek sort of horror. Do you know mm. what I mean? I think I remember it being sort of like, um, in similar way, people talk about films like Conjuring now, where they say, "Oh, all the new horror films are rubbish," and I like these sort of seventies horror movies or whatever. But like, it's a film that's so like it's pretty much the same as an eighty slasher movie. Scream, you know, it's. It's the same film. The fact that it's sort of glossy and has like attractive people in it, like models being killed, that's exactly the same. That's what those films did, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it could be like the cast of Scream could be interchangeable with the cast of Ten Things I Hate About You. Yes, and the locations could be the same, and that's what makes it scary at the time. Is that it's in the cinema world that you're used to going to for comfort. And instead, they're all being like offed one by one by this guy in a mask. Again, like you, you said you watched Breakfast Club recently. You could say that you like 
all you'd have to do is add someone killing off those teenagers in Breakfast Club, but it would be exactly the same as a yeah, as like a Friday the Thirteenth movie or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I've all, it was only when I said it out loud there that I realised that that is what horror film, a lot of them do <laughs> yeah. is like they take the cinematic world you go to for comfort and subvert it, and they just drop a fucking killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. All of a sudden, it's horrifying. Yeah, definitely. Well, the um, well, that's the interesting thing about Scream as well that Kevin William Kevin Williamson, who wrote it, went on to create Dawson's Creek, didn't he? So he did make like did he? Yeah. So is he wrote Dawson's Creek as well as Scream? So it's almost like. It's the, they're so similar the way like the people characters talk in both those things Scream and Dawson's Creek are so similar and again all you'd have to do is pop like Ghostface into uh, Dawson's Creek and it would just be Scream wouldn't it it's just the same yeah yeah the way it looks the sort of people that are in it the yeah that's in, yeah, yeah that's interesting I've not seen Dawson's Creek since I was a teenager yeah no I've not seen it since it was on watch television it no much <laughs> But I do remember they did a Blair Witch episode. Did they? Oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. so interesting, yeah. It was like a school project. They were all given video cameras and told to go out. I remember watching stuff like that when I was a teenager and being like, where are these fucking schools where like, they have all these <laughs> video cameras? Yeah, well, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely didn't get that in um, where I went to school, yeah. <laughs> no. I would have killed to uh, make a Blair Witch parody when I was at school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, we're talking about Blair Witch is an interesting thing because it was like before Blair Witch, it was all these films that were similar to Scream. So yeah, Final Destination, Joe, I know we did last summer, and then it was Blair Witch that again stopped that and changed horror after that. And it, it's it's kind of the opposite sort of film, like you were saying, isn't it, Blair Witch? Yeah, it's subtle and it's uh, in like there's no gore in it. You don't see anything in Blair Witch. That's sort of the point. Whereas like the especially Final Destination, those sort of films, it's it's they're all built around just like horrible death scenes and gore, aren't they? Really, yeah, yeah. It's very odd when in any medium or format, when or genre, when everything becomes the same because of something that's happened. Like so, like Twilight happened, yeah, and then all this vampire stuff came out, and it's like, well, Twilight was successful because. I presume to the people that liked it, it was something different. Um, you don't need to make more vampire films. Yeah. You need to find the other, the next new thing is what you should be looking for. When Blair Witch came out, it was different. So don't make 20 more Blair Witches. Oh yeah, but that's, but that's, that's what they did though. And I think it is just shows the sort of like laziness of a lot of um, like pro- film producers and stuff really is that yeah, yeah. they think, oh, the Blair Witch Project made millions. If we do a film on digital cameras in the woods it's gonna make millions of dollars it's that's what happens with horror as well really doesn't it like after halloween you'd get films like Friday the 13th and as soon as that hit like in the early 80s there was hundreds and hundreds of slasher movies yeah you know there was god they say like 81 i think is the year of the slasher movie where there was so many that come out um Mm -hmm. but also it there's a film called Student Bodies that came out in 81, which is like a, again, it's like an airplane version of a slasher movie. And that came out like in the height of the slasher movie. So it was already being parodied and like a joke, even when it was his most successful. Yeah. yeah. Is that, is the boom, does that coincide with VHS? 
I guess that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think VHS came slightly after, like the mid eighties, wouldn't it? I guess like sort of the yeah, VHS. Yeah. So I think um, that must have helped, surely, especially with low budget horror films. I think, mm-hmm. well, especially with someone like well me, I always say I grew up with like videos. Really, I think my dad actually bought our first video player when I was, like, my mum was in hospital giving birth to me. So it's all I literally like always had it. She apparently stayed up all night watching like Mad Max Two with my brother who was four at the time. <laughs> like Mad Max on the Warriors and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just and um so we were just like we were always me and my brother are both big horror horror film nuts and it was almost like there's no way we could have gone to the cinema to see these films. There's like they very rarely showed them on telly unless it was like The Shining or sort of one of the big sort of like more mainstream sort of horror films. There's no way we would have could have seen Evil Dead anywhere. Mm-hmm. But so I remember my brother first buying the Evil Dead and just it showing me the first half and me not being able to take it. Just like, no, this is too scary for me. <laughs> but yeah. because of that, it became this thing in my head. I needed to finish watching Evil Dead. I needed to see Evil Dead. And now it's like he's one of the best films ever. It's great, Evil Dead. Are you a fan of like Evil Dead? And oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought you might have been. Um, I've seen it a lot. Went to see Elvis Dead a lot. Yes, yeah, yeah. Fringe as well. Um, and then when it was touring. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, I missed Elvis Dead the first year because uh, it clashed with our show that we were doing. But when it was at Monkey Barrel, was it Monkey Barrel it was in? No, yes. yeah, it was, yeah. So I missed it when yeah. it was in Monkey Barrel. But I saw it the second year when he was doing it in like one of the Pleasants, like paid venue. It was great, mm-hmm. amazing, but I really wish I could, would have seen it in that smaller, like, you know, little venue. That would have yeah. been, oh, been amazing. I saw it. During the fringe, and then I saw it when he toured it and got like a photo with the fucking chainsaw hand and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, my, um, my experience with Elvis Dead is that I was with um, uh, Liam, who I got up to the fringe with, um, and he, he he's not really big into horror films. And I was just telling him about Evil Dead 2, and I was saying, Oh, I think you'd really like it because it's funny, because it's, go- it's gory and like gross, but it's like so over the top, it's funny. And he said, Oh, we'll give it a go. So we rented it off Amazon, plugged it into the cellar, watched it, and then we sort of looked at the song and went, Oh, we've probably got time to go and watch Elvis Dead. So he ran across down to the, the Pleasant Scarter Kids. So we watched, Elvis, we watched Evil Dead 2 and within 10 minutes we were watching Elvis Dead. And it was... But we were so hyped and pumped with adrenaline from like mm-hmm. seeing that and then going, fuck it, let's do it, and like running down to the venue. It was it was perfect. It was the, the best, like... Yeah, the best, my best, like, fringe experience, I think, seeing that. And it was the only time I've been to a show at the Fringe where, like, me and... Liam looked at each other and like, this is getting a standing ovation. Straight away, we knew it was going to, just because the energy in the room. It was more like yeah, being at yeah. a gig, like a metal gig, or like a, than it was being at a comedy show. Because mm-hmm. people were just pumped from the off. And that's the energy, it was just amazing. So good. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Does he still do it? Does Rob Kemp still do the... Uh... I'm not sure. Um, he had a new show... Or it was the wheel of shows? He yes. had like 13 or something. Yeah. I never saw it. No, so, I did not think again it might have clashed um, with uh, our show that following year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it clashed with something I was doing tech mm. for. But it was great when he got the nomination. I remember because obviously comics are like such bitter people. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, when, when Rob Kemp got the nomination, everyone was. Because I know people that know him and they were all just like so over the moon for him. They were just like he's the nicest guy. He's one. He's a wonderful person. He's brilliant. He's creative, and he absolutely deserves yeah. it. He's really nice. Just realize if anyone's listening, they don't know what the Elvis Dead is. We've not explained it, but it is pretty much what it says on the tin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it pretty much is what it says on the tin. It is um, 
the story from Evil Dead 2 but done as Elvis Presley with Elvis songs and that is it but it's just it works unbelievably well it is brilliant we went to see it um, so I had a ticket for like early in the run and stuff happened and I, had to, I gave it to a friend because I wasn't able to go and so I bought a ticket for later and then he got the nomination oh right nice <laughs> yes and the people in front of us as we were going in the guy said to his friend I don't like horror or musicals <laughs> and I was just like why the yeah, fuck are you literally here literally just like because it has got a nomination that's the fringe though isn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no I mean if he, if he does it again then definitely like listeners go and see it because it's amazing very very good yeah. How did we get onto that? I think I was. I generally just talk about Evil Dead quite a lot, to be honest. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. So Evil Dead's great. Yeah. What, what other like we spoke like oh, and a bit of if we're going on a tangent, we might as well do it properly. What other sort of horror films are you into then? What's the um, you mentioned the thing and uh, things, but what like you said you like the sort of the better horror films. What so uh, what other ones are you into? Yeah, like so. I was trying to think of things I've watched recently. So the the Jordan Peele stuff's great. Oh yes, I am. Um, um, Us and Get Out are yeah amazing. Yeah, Get Out I absolutely loved. Um, Us I watched in the cinema during the during the Glasgow Comedy Festival last year. So I had time off work to like for all these gigs I was running in the evenings. So I just went one afternoon. And had the, the big room in the GF, the Glasgow Film Theatre, pretty much to myself. Like there was like seven other people. Sounds in great. This yeah, huge yeah. Cinema. Um, and immediately after it, I was like, nah, I preferred Get Out. I think you, I did enjoy it, but I, was, I preferred Get Out. But then like stuff from Us like just stuck with me, and I was thinking about it for like days and weeks after. Just like imagery from it had stayed with me, and like trying to figure stuff out. And that was that was brilliant. So like, get out is an enjoy the ride, whereas us is like a fucking horror yeah, film. It yeah. stays with you. It's definitely. I was about to say it's definitely a more of a full on horror movie, like a proper horror movie. Whereas us mm-hmm. is it definitely horror, but it's more um, a bit more subtle and understated. I think. Whereas yeah, us is just it's genuinely terrifying. I think in places. Yeah the the entire home invasion bit. Is just my heart was just beating so <laughs> yeah. fast. Um, have you ever seen Green Room? Yes, it's, yes, I love Green Room. Love, love, love. That's Green Room. incredible. Yeah. That is like the home invasion bit of us, but for a full fucking <laughs> yeah. movie. It's properly it intense is. that film, yeah. But yeah, that film is again the violence in it is so like affecting and just like grim as yeah. well. I remember what I was I think that might be on Netflix or it was for a bit and I was watching it one night when my uh, partner was in bed and she sort of half woke up at the scene where the guy's using like a box cutter just like to cut the guy open and she was like she was so yeah. horrified like what are you watching this? I'm, so, I'm sorry you just literally woke up at the worst point and she's into like horror films and stuff but like it was just like mm-hmm. I think that was just like a bit of a sort of combination of being half asleep waking up to see that it was just like yeah it is grim it is a grim film but Brilliant. Yeah. Solid. Have you seen Blue Ruin, the film that he made before that? No. That's Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin, yeah. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, I think that's definitely on one of the streaming things. It, I think that might be Netflix as well. Um, yeah, Blue Ruin's really good. It's a bit more... Um, got a similar like feel to uh, Green Room, but it's less violent and more... Um, but it's more a really good like tense thriller, really. Blue Ruin, mm. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Do, um... 
I don't remember if it's good, but I remember having a similar feeling at the time. Was that Thirty Days a Night film? Oh right, yeah. But the vampires, like the first wave of an attack, it just being like this intense, relentless, quite long scene. Yeah, well, I have seen that film, but I've, I only watched it when it came out, and I've read the. It's based on a comic, isn't it? I've read the comic, and not, mm. I didn't really like the comic very much. And I remember thinking the film was much better than the comic. Again, it hacks felt a bit yeah. lot more intense. Had like that sort of like you said that it's a bit similar to like films like Assault on Precinct Thirteen and stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen that, like the not, early no. sort of John Carpenter stuff, where it is and like Night of the Living Dead as well, where it is just like people stuck in one location and the thing. I guess we were talking about that, where it's like people. I like that sort of idea of being isolated in one situation, surrounded by something like that sort of see almost like a siege. I've mm-hmm. always liked that sort of thing. And, Do you know what the film that like? Like properly scared me the most that? is uh, the descent. Yes, yeah, yeah. When I watched the descent, I then um, watched the extra features where you've got like the people that play the monsters in full <laughs> makeup, like smoking <laughs> yeah, cigarettes yeah, yeah. and singing and drinking. If I hadn't seen that, I probably still wouldn't. Sleep. Did you Did you see that in the cinema, or did you just watch that one? Like, no, I saw it on DVD. Yeah, because I went to see um, I went to see that at the cinema room, Descent, and watching that on like the big screen is like it's properly terrifying. Yeah, a dark room uh, yeah. as well. No, yeah, no, it was it. Yeah, one of my favourite cinema experiences going to see that. That's just yeah, Descent properly scary. Yeah, yeah, it's very like good. The, the ending of that is like the biggest emotional kicking. Yeah, oh, you'll yeah. ever take in cinema. <laughs> yeah, it, they, the American version of it, they changed the ending. They got rid of that very last kicker bit. They just uh, did it that she got away. Yeah, because if you watch the sequel, Descent Two, it it ignores that ending and goes from the American ending. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I like Descent Two isn't particularly good, but there is one really weird scene in it. Whereas I'm going to spoil it. I'm sorry, but like <laughs> it's a bit where they like they're like it's a similar thing. I think the idea is they've it's another group going into the same. T- like caves to look for the people from the first film and there's a bit where they go into this like body of water and there's like weird things floating in it they're like what is that and then they look up and one of the monsters is just doing a shit into the uh... <laughs> yeah. and they just swing around in the monster's toilet that is fair enough <laughs> yeah but it makes sense like these monsters they're eating humans they've got to shit them out they've yeah, got to shit yeah. them somewhere <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that's a question that doesn't get answered enough in film. When are these people going to take a shit? Exactly. I've, every film I watch, I'm thinking of that. I think, when's uh, when's Ghostface going to pinch one off? Yeah. Predator, they're in the jungle a while. Got a shit. Oh, exactly, yeah. Should be a scene of uh, Dutch digging a little, a little hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a note about Scream, which says, the boys will be boys' attitude towards cuntishness is why Me Too happened. <laughs> because there's yep, just no, yeah. all these boys in it are just being fucking sleazy, rapey little pricks, and it's it, like, um, yeah, ev- everyone's just fine with it. It's just the yeah. way they are. Well, like I said about the main character, and it is horrible. Like, like his first scene is he's just basically like pressuring his girlfriend to like put out with him. Yeah, and then like all the way through the film, he's basically just gaslighting her, and then he obviously turns out to be a killer. So it's sort of justified that he's horrible. I like, will not justified, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, every like every male character in that film is fairly horrible. Yeah, it's very funny at the end when you find out who the killers are and their reasonings. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. one of them, the boyfriend has his reasons which is that 
is it Sydney's mum had sex with his dad or something that, yes, and yeah, broke yeah. up his family. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the other one, um, the guy that was in Twin Peaks and Scooby Doo, he's just like, "Why did you do it?" Just like peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like I think there is an element of the men being the boys being played that way is satirical to an extent. Like I've got an actual quote that I wrote down. Um, the, the first time he's trying to pressure her to have sex, he says, um, "Why don't you want to fuck since your mum got murdered?" <laughs> Which, I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of my notes during the opening scene is like the the weird prescience it has to like our age of Tinder. Which I've never done the whole Tinder thing, but I've spoken no. to women who have, and the way she hangs up on him and then he immediately starts calling her a bitch and a slut and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It fits very well with like just what's happening with mobile phones now. Yeah. Well that's the thing, I guess the like there's this like a bit that made me laugh actually watching it last night is where um it's the scene where her boyfriend sneaks in and then after she's been stalked by the killer and then he drops his mobile phone and that's one of the clues that well why have you like the police say why have you got a mobile phone with you? why have you got your cell phone mm-hmm. I mean now literally everyone has their mobile phone at them at like all times yeah yeah it's hard to make it must be hard to make films now yeah like I always say like mobile phones are sort of ruined horror films they've always got to put a scene in where they're like alone in the woods going oh I've got no signal like, yeah, what, yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah I sort of get that that's why Stranger Things, I think, was so effective, is because it jumps back to the eighties. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Well, actually, there has been like a modern version of Scream, though. Have you ever seen it? The TV series Scream. I've not. No, I was thinking about watching it for this. Yeah, I, um, I started watching it and I couldn't go with it. I didn't really enjoy it myself. It didn't. But apparently, because they did, I think there's one series and a second series which is like a different set of characters. Then they're going to do a new one, which is. Like, because the, the killer in it is different, it doesn't look like the same killer, and I think it's all very different. Right. Apparently, they're going to do another series where it is like it's more like the film where it's ghost faced and all that. Um, but they also, though, I've read that they're doing a new uh, like Scream 5 as well. All right, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, it's the uh, people who did a film I quite like called um, Ready or Not. Apparently, they're making it because it'd be interesting to see how. Scream film not directed by Wes Craven. I wonder if they'll set like if it will be a sequel or if it will be like a, a reboot is what they do now or do that weird thing where it is like a sequel but also a reboot so they'll call it so have you seen the last Halloween film that came out? No the last one I saw would have been the Rob Zombie one. Oh yeah that's it not good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, well they did like a new Halloween film and it's it's called Halloween but it's a direct sequel to Halloween 1, so it ignores all the sequels and the remake and stuff. I've heard a lot of good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it is a really good film, but it's, again, it's that weird thing where they've called it just Halloween, but mm. it's a sequel to a film called Halloween. So if you did a double bill, if you watched, watched them properly, watch you watch Halloween, Halloween, followed by Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind sequels when there's been enough time and it's clearly that the creators had an idea for it well, like think, aliens that we were talking about earlier on yeah they? if they'd made like Terminator and Terminator 2 Alien and Aliens there's like huge amounts of time between the first and second film if they tried to cash in immediately 
the sequel would be rubbish. Which I think is was the case with the the two Scream sequels, maybe. Yeah. Well, apparently Scream Four is quite good. I, I watched it when it came out on like DVD, and it was okay. It was better. Yeah. I found it better than Scream Two and Three, but I've not watched it since then, so I don't know how well it holds up. Yeah. I want to find out if because um, the Ghostface Killer. I want to find out if that's a reference to Ghostface Killer in Wu Tang. Sure, it's got to be. Surely it must be, because you know Wu Tang came first, and everyone yes. knows Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but I was kind of watching it, looking out for Wu Tang references, and there <laughs> weren't any that I any, saw. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Much, like, I can't imagine Wes Craven being a big Wu Tang fan, but no. maybe Kevin Williamson was. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe they just heard the name Ghostface Killer. There's a good album by Ghostface Killer and um, the composer Adrian Young. Um, have you heard this called uh, Twelve Reasons to Die? I think it's called. Oh which yeah, is, I have heard that. Yeah, which is like inspired by Italian horror movies. It's sort of like it's a concept album about like. The origin of Ghostface Killer and him, like falling in love with a rival gangster's like girlfriend or something, then them killing him and pressing his remains into twelve vinyl records, and whenever they play the records, the Ghostface Killer appears and like kills them. That's so it's so like cool. it's yeah, that's like it's, there's two concept albums about that that are like the music, the music's all done in these sort of like almost Ennio Morricone style like Italian horror movie sort of scores. But with Ghostface and the other like Wu Tang people on it, it's amazing. Those two albums are like, probably some of my favourite Wu Tang related albums. They're really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. Um, I've not listened to them in years, so yeah, yeah. I've only heard one of them. So I will. And I feel like I can recommend them on this because they're slightly horror adjacent. So I can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I um, yeah, I like horror and music. Like I remember, mine with Tyler the Creator got banned from the UK. No, I don't know about this. What's this? Oh yeah, he got banned from the UK. It was definitely really? under Theresa May's government, um, and it was a five-year ban. So I don't know if he still is. But what, um, what was the reason? Um, because of his like offensive lyrics. Jesus. But I was like, this is the thing. It's like his lyrics—they are offensive, especially the early stuff. They're like. It's like sixteen-year-old boys trying to outdo each other. It is pretty horrible, but it is also music is just the audio equivalent of horror films, and it's it's still not real. It's still meant to be shocking you in the same way as horror films shock you. Yeah, like you know, I listen to a lot of death metal and stuff, and all the lyrics and that are like disgusting, and they're obviously very much inspired by horror. Yeah, have you ever seen the? Do you know how Cannibal Corpse got banned from Australia? There's a. Australian TV clip of a guy playing lounge piano <laughs> yes, with yeah. Cannibal Corpse lyrics to prove <laughs> yeah, yeah. that if the music's not offensive, you yeah. can see the sort of humour in the yeah. lyrics. Yes, it's I have brilliant. seen that. Yeah, brilliant. Censorship's really fascinating. Yeah, especially when it comes to horror, like it's mm-hmm. uh, such a big thing. And like, I'm a bit obsessed with the whole video nasty thing and how that all came about. Um, it's I, I don't know, imagine Scream being such a big budget sort of well not big budget but sort of like glossy Hollywood film I don't know if it did it face was it censored in the UK or anything do you know I don't think it was but I'm not sure but I think so the the version I watched the other night um, I uh, obtained through you know less than legal <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. but I think it might have been edited 
Oh, really? Yeah. I it, I remember it being a lot gorier than yeah. it was when I was watching it. So I think I got a cut version. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it was. It might. You know, I'll have to have a look into that. But like, because um, there is definitely some like gory stuff in it. But I mean, do you reckon it's maybe that your like sensibilities have changed a bit? You've seen more horror films and more like sort of gory films. And... Yeah, or it might be the thing that you know the violence is in your head. Yes. So on previous viewings, I have these images of like these vicious stabbings, but actually, you know you're seeing the arm and the knife go out of shot and your mind's putting it together. Yeah, that's what people say about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a film that was banned for a long time, but it's not actually gory at all. There's hardly any blood or gore in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Oh, was, it, was it you was I was talking to? I was talking to someone possibly. about the sound in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, possibly, it is good. <laughs> like, yeah, like when that guy runs in the house and he hits him with a hammer. Yeah, and you get sort of like a... sort of clock sound. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, that film is like, it's one of my favorite films, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's like, it's definitely unnerving. And I think I, wa- I watched a documentary recently about like uh, the video nasties thing, and there was um, one of the BBFC censors was saying they looked at Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they said, okay, we'll try, we'll cut this, cut this. And apparently, as they went on it, the list went on and on because like there was nothing they could cut from it that wouldn't. Because the whole film was just this tension sort of horrible atmosphere mm-hmm. that no matter what you got rid of it still was like unnerving yeah which is like a, a, a weird thing i don't you know I've, yeah i find censorship especially with horror films like you were saying music really really odd um and people all you know there's a big thing now of oh you can't get away with anything nowadays or whatever but there would i don't think you'd get anything like the video nasties now would you no that sort of panic that sort of moral panic about you know, like the Daily Mail trying to ban the Evil Dead films like that. Do you know what I mean? How is it? How is the Evil Dead harmful to anyone? Yeah. Well, I guess you still get the campaigns; they're just not as effective. So I went to see yeah. um, what's it called, Lords of Chaos, last year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went to the the that closed fright fest at Glasgow Film Festival, um, and. Only time I've ever been to a to a cinema where someone has like thrown up and passed out, like you hear really? about early screamings of the Exorcist. Wow! Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the film. But anyway, um, they had the producers there at the start introducing it, and they were saying there'd been a campaign by the Daily Mail to get it banned because this was around the time that young woman had killed herself after the influence of Instagram. Oh, right, And yes, this was yeah. all in the news. So the Daily Mail took that and tied it in with Lords of Chaos because that has a suicide scene in it. Oh, right, yeah. And tried to suggest that this film needed banned because it was encouraging people. It was, Yeah, it's, it's very yeah. contrived outrage. Yeah, well, I think that's what it is, though. And I guess, I suppose nowadays people are a bit more switched on, I guess, and a bit more mm-hmm. with the internet and stuff. People are a bit more... Um, savvy when it comes to how films are made and how like what like well I just think people are as easily led by things like the Daily Mail as much I'm probably I mean, hard to say yeah, where they probably the are people, but yeah yeah the people that were like thought that video nasties might be like bringing snuff films in are the people who now are setting fire to 5G masks yes yeah I think that is probably a fair assumption <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's 
sort of it's easier to maybe manipulate outrage online but it's harder to do it in a mass way yes like a mass panic yeah possibly because yeah, i remember i because I, you know and also i think a lot of these sort of video nasty films would would just be forgotten now if it wasn't for the fact that they've become infamous yeah because of the video nasty i mean a film like evil dead would always be popular because it's just a, such a good film but the majority of those films are just shit mm. like just terrible just cheap like exploitation movies um not harmful but not good yeah <laughs> you know? yeah so it's a weird thing where like the they sort of they gave them more publicity than if they hadn't done anything it's, those films would just be totally forgotten do you know there's a name for this it's called the streisand effect <laughs> okay because yeah, uh, there was some i don't know who it was but someone was doing some sort of project where they went round the florida coastline and photographed like every single house that they could see as they like sailed around it. One of the houses belonged to Barbara Streisand. She tried to like take legal action. This little project that no one gave a shit about, suddenly everyone knew that was Barbara Streisand's house. <laughs> so when you take action that causes if you're trying to hide something and your actions make it known to the world, it's called the Streisand effect. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, was, yeah. Censorship is censorship still just like a bunch of people that watch the film. I think it is. Yeah, I think yeah. The yeah. BBFC. I think how they certificate films is just there's a board of people that watch them and decide what the rating will be. Right. But I don't. I yeah. I don't know how else they would do it. Well, I would. I would have assumed they would have like a check sheet. So it's like you see blood. Yes. That's probably yes. how they do it, yeah. That's probably how they do it. They, you have to decide how violent a scene is. Even at, like films where you're not seeing anything and it's all in your head. Um, yeah, because if you were doing it, like you said, like if you're doing it a check seat, if you see blood or someone getting their head chopped off, then a film like Texas Chainsaw Massacre would go through no problem. Yeah. But a film like Raiders of the Lost Ark, for example, there's a head explosion in that. There's guns in it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, that's yeah. a film that would. That film is arguably more gory than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's all yeah. about the tone and the context of it. I think, isn't it? Well, actually, we should have spoke. We could we should talk about um, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Have you ever seen that? No. Which is the sixth, seventh, seventh Nightmare on Elm Street film, which is the first one Wes Craven did since the first one. And sort of like Scream, it's a a parody, like a deconstruction of the Nightmare on Elm Street films because it's set in the real world. So it's got Heather Langenkamp from the first one playing herself. It's got Wes Craven playing himself. It's got Robert England playing himself and Freddy Krueger. So it's got like Robert Shea. It's got all these people in it playing like in the real world as themselves. But the idea is that Freddy's come into the real world from the films and is mm-hmm. haunting their dreams, like the actors from the original film's dreams. Um, and it's it's surprisingly good. I really recommend yeah. that, especially as like it was sort of like Wes Craven doing the sort of Scream thing a few years before Scream. Cool. Yeah, when I, I was saying before, I looked up his filmography and realised I hadn't seen any of his <laughs> yeah, films. Yeah. But I did know all the films. Well, not yes. all of them, yeah, yeah. but it was like all the imagery from those films like permeates through all pop culture really oh especially so, freddy krueger i yeah. think that sort of image of freddy krueger well there's a bit in scream isn't there where um 
Henry Winkler's character sort of he puts his head on the door to, to shout at yeah. the teenagers no one there so there's a, the janitor just dressed as Freddy Krueger <laughs> like, yes yeah, yeah. that's why I had a note that just says in big capital letters Fred the janitor and I couldn't remember why <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> that is why well there's a, a, a bit in like Drew Barrymore at the beginning where they're saying oh my favourite scary movie is like, oh I like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street She's like, oh yeah, the first one's good, but the others, the others aren't scary. They, yeah, shit. It's like that's yeah. quite funny. Seeing as like the director of the first one, it's like I think he got away. He said he said he got away with it because he also directed the seventh one. So he's mm-hmm. he's also taken the piss out of himself. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think leave it there if that's all right. If this you want to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. That was um, a oh. good, interesting chat. <laughs>